This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Really is like out of a movie. Uh, Joe Biden is now addressing the entire nation, denying that we have a recession when we absolutely textbook definition are in the middle of a recession. Uh, squinting his eyes. They're not all bulgy like the other night. Let's listen to what's going on here. In the cutting-edge industries of the 21st century. Mm. If the House passes this bill, I think, Speaker, I want to thank Speaker Pelosi. I think she's going to get it done for her leadership here. It has, it has added to the benefit, it has the added benefit of creating tens of thousands of good-paying, additional good-paying jobs. Oh, get lost. All right. Thank you very much. Always promises. Always something's going to happen down the road. Yep. Always going to get better. 50 years of this stuff. The big thing in this package that must be defeated, that must be stricken, that must be, uh, we have to defeat it. It just can't happen. They want to double the budget. Double the budget of the IRS. Give them, what, $80 billion? The Internal Revenue Service? The most notorious, the most susceptible to fraud, absolutely, the the malevolent Obama. You remember that when he unleashed the IRS against all those conservative groups, what, about a dozen years ago, the Tea Party, uh, auditing them to death? Uh, this is the kind of stuff they want to do. And they also, you know, I think the bank has to basically tell the government anytime, what is it, $10,000, anytime you make a transaction of $10,000 or more, um, the government gets a little email, gets a little notice. Uh, not an email, but they have computers that track all this stuff. Uh, that's why a lot of criminals always are going $9,999 for a transfer. Just ask uh, Hunter Biden about that stuff. He knows all about that stuff. And even with the <laughs> even with the safeguards that he thought he had in place, uh, he his, his banking activity was still flagged as suspicious. Anyway, they want to reduce that to like $600. $600. Anytime you, you buy an amplifier from your buddy in a rock band, you know, they're, they're, the government's going to know about it? Stay the hell out of it. There are certain matters of basic, mundane, routine commerce that they have no business going after, looking at. You know, sales tax. You sell... You sell a lawnmower to your buddy. You're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna file paperwork on that. This is no, and they—that's where they're going. Doubling the IRS, man. Oh man. All right, not good at all. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, did you see my show last night? I, I uh, must say, we're doing some incredible things. The Newsmax show at ten o'clock every single night. Well, Monday through Friday. And what did we remind people of? Well. How you know and I know that this is no way to speak, no way to communicate. We are busy enough as it is. We're struggling enough as we are. We don't need a new, uncomfortable, totally unnatural language uh, dictated by the woke left. We can't speak like this and not really lose our sanity and our 
uh, preeminent position in the world. Cut 40, please. Hello, everyone. I'm Natalia Godilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair, and I go by she, her. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a white woman with long brown hair. I'm wearing red, um, a red dress, and I'm wearing a see-through mask so you can see my red lips. I am a black woman with curly hair, and I am wearing a vintage black and floral dress. I'm a white woman. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here in my uh, hacker hoodie in my office with my bookshelves and, of course, my miter attack matrix flag in the background. Oh, shut up, all of you, right? And they feel so good and smug, and I'm describing myself just in case anybody's visually impaired. Some of those conversations were happening in the White House. They introduced themselves that way in the White House. In the Pentagon, our troops are supposed to be talking like this. It is a waste of time. Our enemies are not doing it. We don't have this kind of time. It's getting worse. Do you think political correctness was bad 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Now it's out of control. Of course, the man who essentially made it safe to wage this war against political correctness, Donald Trump, when he uh, campaigned right out of the gate in 2015, he was saying enough is enough. None of those Republican wimps would have dared tried this except him. Awesome. Cut 41. I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been ch- I've been challenged by so many people and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. Uh, isn't that right? It's true. And that's seven years ago. And we have gone, we are probably, what, how much worse is it now? How many new phrases? Were we worried about pronouns in 2015? Were we worried about what some transgender in another state might think of our conversation in 2015? No. Now we are. It's, oh, I did see Donald Trump last night. I, I wasn't there. I couldn't go. But a uh, big, big uh, event for the golfers. And, you know, he was uh, shaking hands with Caitlyn Jenner. And I got to say to Caitlyn Jenner and to uh, our friend Christine up there in Connecticut, they happen to be two transgender individuals who made the decision in their 50s as adults to transition. And both of them think that this stuff with the pronouns is totally out of control. And uh, Leah Thomas and all that stuff, uh, women, biological women need to play women's sports and biological men need to play men's sports. I love those. I love that Caitlyn and Christine. Um, it's, it's really, really interesting. Who plays golf here? Oh, we talked about it yesterday. What is a pro-am, please? What is the pro-am? Pro-am is basically a tournament where a celebrity would play with a professional golfer in a tournament in different groups. And, that, and, and, uh, it's a, basically it's a tournament before the professionals go out there over the weekend and do the actual tournament. So basically like a tournament before the actual tournament, if you will. All right. You know, sometimes I wish I did play golf. I don't play golf. I don't know any of the terminology. I don't know how to, uh, swing and hit the ball. They tell me it's too late. I was actually all going to go to a, what do you call it? Golf camp. You know, they have golf camp. You can go and stay overnight and just play golf all day long. I was going to do it a couple of years ago down in South Carolina, and somebody talked me out of it. They said, Greg, you'll never catch up. You're, you know, there's such a thing as muscle memory. And, you know, you'll always be the last person called on. They, they're not going to want to golf with you if you're not really good. Come to think of it, that boy, that guy was a real 
uh, <laughs> a lot of negativity there. Maybe I should have gone anyway, but I didn't, and uh, that's fine. Oh, did you hear about this? A guy named Mark Ponder sentenced to 63 months for January 6th stuff. 63 months. Now, what, how what is that? 36? Uh, it's like six years, five, six years. It's a long time. It's the longest sentence yet for anybody associated with January 6th. And by the way, if January 6th were so bad, five five years isn't all that much, right? And by, by the way, I think this Mark Ponder guy is getting overcharged and oversentenced, and he's been in jail since March of 2021. But here's the thing. He happens to be a black guy. And it's fascinating that I never heard about him before. I've never actually even seen his face until yesterday. There are lots of people of color there. There were people this was not a racist event. This was not about race. This is about this was about emotion. Yes, people emotions were running high. This was well, you know how I feel about Nancy Pelosi. I think she rigged it so uh, there wasn't much security there that day. Um this is a protest that got out of control. It may have been incited by the Capitol Police. I'm actually going to go there tonight. I'm going to show you how there are people just milling around, and all of a sudden, the police threw flash grenades and tear gas into the crowd. Well, that stirred things up. They were about to go home. Things were kind of, you know, things were dissipating. Things were kind of calming down. Anyway, not a racist event at all, but you'll notice the fake news. They've always, always, always pushed that. Cut 42, please. January 6th. When extremists, when terrorists, when white supremacists attacked our nation's capital. To be part of a white supremacist raid on this capital. The people who ended up at the capital on January 6th, many of them white supremacists carrying Confederate flags, they were also motivated by racism. Um, no, that's not true. And... <laughs> The, the Confederate flag was flying over the state of Missouri until not too long ago. It was flying over the state of South Carolina until not that long ago. You know, there are black members of the Sons of the Confederacy. There are. You know, it's part of our history. And <laughs> it, just because you're fond of it or just because you have certain reverence for it, just because you're interested in the life of Robert E. Lee does not mean you're a racist. Anyway, very simplistic talk from the media. What else do we expect? Um, but I was just struck that this Mark Ponder happened to be a person of color. I think he's overcharged, being treated unfairly. They showed him. All right. So he hit a cop, and I don't want anybody to hit a cop. Okay? But he's getting five years in jail. He hit a cop with a stick that was blunted That was the, 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 by one of those riot shields. Now, let's just go through this. This guy's going to jail for five years. The cop wasn't injured, as far as I could tell, in this instance. We have that guy who wailed on it, put a cop in a chokehold on the subway, who's already out on the street. It happened on Saturday. He was out on the street on Sunday. He's walking around. The only thing, the only restriction he has, he has to be done with all of his criminal activities by 6 p.m. He's got a 6 p.m., 6 at night curfew. And then it's... um. Uh, what, what What's he going to do then? Uh, whatever. It, he's got to be inside. He can cyber bully people uh, from the safety of his home. Uh, so Mark Ponder, keep an eye on that. I'm going to have to say this about Kathy Barnett. I don't like Kathy Barnett. I'm really rooting for Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, wake up. Have you seen this guy Fetterman and his commercials? I had to do a double take. I'm like, is this guy a professional wrestler? Is this guy 
uh, in, in some sort of monster movie? Who the hell is he? He's a scary-looking dude. Very strange. And I'm sorry, he, what is he, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania? He's wearing a gross T-shirt, standing there begging for money. You can't send this guy to the United States Senate. He's a crazy, woke, leftist nut job. And even for crazy, woke, leftist nut jobs, he's very unusual. Very weird guy. Dr. Oz is totally solid. We'll make it happen. He's got a hell of a lot of talent. Hey, the thing I was going to say, though, about Kathy Barnett, who I did not like, who I think exaggerated all kinds of things. And, you know, she bragged about, what did she do? She, oh, yeah, she bragged about going to officer candidate school or getting accepted at officer candidate school in the United States Army. Now, I went to officer candidate school in the United States Marine Corps. It was like the very first thing I did in the Marine Corps, and that was it. I never put it on my resume. It was just a, a one and done, got through it, okay, on with your military career, your military service. She didn't even go, and she's bragging. That's on her website, bragging about it. It would be like somebody showing up at the New York Times for a job interview, not getting the job, and bragging about having a career in journalism because they they met with somebody at the New York Times. Anyway, why would, why, oh yeah, Kathy Barnett was also at the January 6th um, protest. And I don't, I don't fault anybody for going to that thing. I really don't. And people of all stripes, they look like all, uh, what was his name? The guy from uh, the Proud Boys? Enrique Tarrio, Afro-Cuban guy. This was not white supremacist. This was not racist. All right, please stop with that stuff. Now, we are in a recession, textbook recession, two quarters, negative GDP growth. That's a recession. Joe Biden just came out and said, we're going to hold that recession off. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're doing well. We're, we're, we're. And the media is covering for him. They're covering it up. This is, wow, that's, uh, that's, I mean, how do we not say this is a recession, right? I don't, look, I hate talking about the economy. It's... People start talking about it, but I do know what a recession is. We've got one on our hands, and the media are still spinning, protecting Joe Biden, who definitely, by the way, is on some sort of psychotropic drug. We'll do a side-by-side comparison. I showed you the eyes wide open, the lack of blinking. We had a doctor on, Dr. McCormick, who's running for the Congress in Georgia. Great guy. said there's something obviously very, very wrong with him. His eyes wide open at night. And little slits in the morning. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I should have mentioned this earlier in the week. Michael Long died. You know Michael Long? Great guy. Ran the conservative party uh, for many, many years. Dead at the age of 82. Uh, His endorsement of George Pataki in 1994 really helped get a Republican in there for the first time in a very long time. Uh, let's see. Oh, he was uh, he, he was a member of uh, the Breezy Point Club. He lived in Breezy Point. Anyway, I really liked him. Um, great conservative. You know, that's tough to be a conservative uh, publicly. So running the conservative party in uh, New York. But uh, he did it and he did it with humor and charm and intelligence. And uh, he had a great mind for strategy. And he was also very helpful to me personally. Um, always. Uh, you know, you, you, Gave me uh, little scoops, little tips here and there, and uh, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed getting to know him very much. Uh, let's see, uh, you know Michael Long. Let's see, Michael Long was born in 1940. Uh, grew up 
He was raised in Queens. He dropped out of Richmond Hill High School. He never told me about that. Um, But he joined the Marines. And he said, I was just that kind of kid. He told the New York Times back in 99, there were times when they were talking about throwing me out of school. And then I wound up on the honor roll. You know, I know what I know what that's like, actually. (laughs) I was just contrary, he added. So I guess I've been contrary all my life. He served in the Marines through 1961, and in 1963, he married Eileen. She survives him along with their sons, Michael, Matthew, James, Robert, Christopher, Francis, and Edward. Wow. Two daughters, Eileen Chalais and Maureen Hayes. 24 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren. That's amazing. The Conservative Party in New York was founded in the 60s by, I'm going to skip that part, Mr. Long. Mr. Long? <laughs> he ran a liquor store with his brother in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, where he lived. A different sort of breed, a different sort of political leader. He was politically savvy at the time. Sam Roberts wrote this. I actually like that guy at the Times. Politically savvy, able to hold his own in any debate. Unlike many a standard politician, he was passionately committed to causes and unwilling to make transactional endorsements. Yeah, good for him. All right. Michael Long, rest in peace. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, All right, so that was one little story I liked in the Times. I got to say something about this, though. (laughs) Fake news strikes again regarding the Central Park Five. Do you remember this case? 1989, a band of, I don't know, 50 or so kids, teenagers, young adults, marauding through Central Park, beating people up, um, hitting them in the head with uh, lead pipes, that kind of thing. And a woman was brutally gang-raped, assaulted. She almost died. You know, for many years we did not know her name. Now we know it. It's Trisha Mealy. She came forward about 10 years later, identified herself, and she's written a book about uh, what she's been through and her thoughts on the case. Now, you may have heard from the fake news, and I'll be addressing this tonight, because it's back in the news. Some guy was just, well exonerated, quote-unquote exonerated for his his involvement that night. Now, he was not accused of, of rape, but he was accused of robbery. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Those Central Park Five guys, they are guilty. Oh, yeah. Oh, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are guilty. All that stuff. Well, wait a second. I heard that the DNA evidence absolved them, and they were wrongly convicted in false confession. Shut up with that stuff. All right. Nobody who says that knows anything about the case. Zero. Absolutely zero. And that goes for everybody in the mainstream media. It's just too beautiful a narrative. And let's face it, it's very fashionable right now. Right. Well, DNA was discovered and it was not tied to any of the five defendants who were convicted in the sexual assault. Doesn't that let them off the hook? No, it doesn't. This is not newly discovered evidence. They knew it in 1989. They knew it in 1990 during the trial. It was actually said out loud. There is DNA here tied to somebody we do not have in custody. DNA is with John Doe. That's the only DNA we have. And that guy is out there somewhere. They said this in court, in hearing after hearing. The prosecutors were up front about it. So that whole thing that the DNA... No, it's not true. They said it out loud. Okay? So these guys, number one, there was physical evidence. Number two, there was uh, their own confessions. Now, were they forced confessions? No. 
You can actually look them up for yourself. You can Google it. Do me a favor. Google the confession of uh, Raymond Santana. It's all there. You can watch 45 minutes of it. I don't know if you want to, but you can. You'll know more than Ava DuVernay or Ken Burns. You'll know more by watching that confession where he says, no, I didn't rape her. I just grabbed her tits. Excuse me, but those are the, that's the word he used. Don't tell me you bleeped that out. Did you bleep that out? Hey, Kevin, we got to have a agreement here. That's not a bad word. It's not a bad word. Who's telling you these things? The phone guy? Come on. I just said the word, no, no, no. The FCC does not govern that word. You're going to send me to Sirius Radio before you know it. I'm going to do a how. I'm going to pull a Howard Stern on this place. It wasn't a bad word. T-I-T-S. That's the word I just used. And I wasn't using it for shock value, although that's not a shocking word. It's the word the guy used in his confession. And it's not one of the banned words in the FCC. They have a list. I know the list. That's not one of the words. Anyway, these guys are guilty. I'll show you how tonight on the show. Now I have to call the FCC, make sure everything's okay. Ooh, I spelled out the word. I don't like the word, but it's a word. Uh, All right. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, 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 well. I guess uh, you can say the T word on the radio. I just looked it up. Kevin, you're right. It's uh, on the list. The F word in all of its forms. I have no problem with that. This is not a word that I use. I was just uh, quoting a criminal who used it. But uh, I am surprised because that's pretty much a mild word. And I don't know if it's officially still prohibited, but there's enough out there that it should be avoided. However, the FCC goes out of its way to say uh, you can still say ass, excuse me, on the radio. You can still say ass. Everybody, every now and then, uh, whatever. All right. So, um, hey, Sandra's on the phone. We love Sandra from New Jersey. Hi. I was just laughing from you. You're so funny. Um, I want, good afternoon. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, and I have a comment, if I may. Sure. Okay. Uh, last night, after watching your show, which I always enjoy, I was wondering about um, Fox News canceling Donald Trump. I wanted to know, what is the beef between Murdoch and Trump, and can it be repaired? I think it probably could. Maybe Donald Trump can invite him to Mar-a-Lago and fix the problem if there is one. What do you think? Um, I think it will probably be fixed at some point. Uh, these guys have, you know, they've had feuds before. They'll have feuds again. So, yeah, I think it could be patched up. It, it This has happened before with Fox. You know, they like you, then they don't like you. Ban this guest, have this guest. All networks do this stuff from time to time. So it is repairable. But let's face it, right now it's really bad because uh, the other morning, Mike Pence and Donald Trump were both in Washington, D.C. Now, I think that's pretty – and they both gave pretty big speeches, right? And I think obviously you go with the Trump speech, but they went with the <laughs> they went with the Mike Pence speech. Do we have the Mike Pence speech anywhere? Yeah, here we go. Uh, cut 54 – Former Vice President Mike Pence is now on stage at the National Conservative Student Conference, Young America Foundation's 44th annual. Let's drop on in for a listen. 
I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order, and it's my honor to be at the 44th Annual National Conservative Student Conference for YAF. Thank all right. you all. Thank you. Thank you, Vice President Pence. Give me a break. Laying it on a little bit thick. So, Sandra, you know what happened when Trump showed up, right? When Trump started giving his speech, did Fox go to breaking news? Fox News alert? No. They actually just went with this stuff. Cut 55. Right. And a hey. lot of Republicans believe that uh, they don't uh, like the COVID voting rules we, that were in place. And they <laughs> so make while sure Donald that- Trump was. All right. Speaking. Oh, you guys, come on. You don't, don't cut it like that. Anyway, uh, he just was blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. Uh, Sandra. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think that uh, he needs to fix that problem, and I know he could. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, this January 6th thing, so many lies have been told about it. So many people believe it, and they're too lazy to find out the facts for themselves. Um, you know, Fox has been uh, – sorry, uh, Trump has been so demonized. There are some people who will never, ever, ever listen again. They don't, they've – I don't know. I don't know. I think it will be repaired, but I, I, I don't know. Right now, I wouldn't trust Fox News if I were you. Screw those guys. Mm-hmm. Screw them. Seriously, yeah. they're out for a buck. They don't care about the country. They're, they totally screwed Roger Ailes, a total genius, and they, they hatched a phony plot to take him out. These people are in it for the money, and that's it. And I don't like them. But, Greg, what? how are we going to see him if he's not on Fox? That's if a great point. Well, you got to come over to Newsmax. We took the... We took the rally in full, and we got to pressure right. them to do the right thing because you can't cancel Trump. Don't do it. You know, Correct. Silicon Valley already did it. You guys are going to do it, too? Come on. You know what? Vote with your feet. Cancel Fox News. Well, I don't want you to cancel. I'm not, I'm not a cancel culture kind of guy. I don't know. Email the station. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, he works here. Email him. He'll pass the message on. Hey, Sandra, thank you very much. We love you. Okay, thank you. You bye. bet. Bye. Gail is standing by in Staten Island. All right. Hi, Gail. Hi, Greg. I have a new ditty for you. What? It was. Uh, it's the new um, recruiting song. Uh, be all that you could be. Grow your breast. Cut your balls. Get your feet blown off. Then you're small in the army. And my adjective mm, mm. is batty, as from Wuhan. Yikes. I don't know. This needs substantial work. You got to make it rhyme. You got to, you, it needs a better beat. Um, I don't know. Faster and funnier, as we used to say, Gail, but I appreciate the effort. Everything else is good? Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, you know why? They're fair and unbalanced. Once this man starts making his uh, rounds and gathering up his group, they'll have, they'll be covering him. Believe me, uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. These guys change their minds all the time. That's what billionaires are like. Hey, we got to watch out for this guy though. Uh, they're going to try to arrest Trump. It looks like they really are. Now they're pressuring Merrick Garland, who does not look. Thanks, Gail. Who does not look like he can withstand any kind of pressure. He's a total wimp. I'm talking about the Attorney General. Thankfully, he's not on the Supreme Court. Listen to, well the, well, the left, they're sick of him. They want him to put the cuffs on Trump. Got 46. Why is Merrick Garland allowing this nonsense to continue? <laughs> he's such a he's such an institutionalist that maybe he's too afraid to go after Trump. Merrick Garland, if you indict Trump, you'll be my person of the year, yeah. of the decade. All right. So they really want this to happen. And Merrick Garland is feeling the heat. Okay. 
and uh, an attorney general who says this about the January 6th committee cannot, must not be trusted, and I think is a is a corrupt guy. Cut 47. It's an important part of democracy that every American recognizes the truth of what happened on January 6th and in the time surrounding it. I think that this is an important part that we not uh, downgrade or uh, suppress how important that day was. And I think that the hearings did an extremely good job of reminding us and for people who didn't know in the first place, telling us how important that day was. Um, really? Well, they suppressed Ashley Babbitt. They suppressed the security failures. They suppressed Nancy Pelosi's role in all of this. All right. All they investigated was what the hell Steve Bannon may or may not have said in a podcast. What was in some email some professor sent to Rudy Giuliani. All right. Now, <laughs> the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you can look it up. It's all there. There is a way to object to uh, the electoral counting. All right. The the counting of electoral votes. It is legal. You can stand up. You can say, I don't trust this. I think these electors are corrupt. I think that they were unfairly selected in Florida, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, wherever. It's under this law. You can say it. And they're pretending it doesn't exist. They're counting on your ignorance. They're counting on the fake news, carrying their water and just saying, oh, wow, uh, white supremacy, this, that. Don't fall for it. Stand up. Fight against it. Cut 48, please. The Justice Department has been doing the most wide-ranging investigation in its history. The Justice Department has, from the beginning, been moving urgently to learn everything we can about this period and to bring to justice everybody who's criminally responsible for interfering with the peaceful transfer of power. This is very disturbing to me. All right. He really should be saying there's nothing here. We've already looked at it. Okay, it's been a year and a half. One guy has been sentenced to five years in jail. That's not a lot of time. Why? Because he he took a swing at a cop. Yet we have a young man here in New York who put a cop in a chokehold who was in jail for 45 minutes before they set him loose. Something is really, really wrong with America. Wide ranging again. Ashley Babbitt, say her name. I'm thinking of starting a new feature on the Newsmax show every night at like, I don't know, 1050. I'll just say, you know, Ashley Babbitt. It's been 600 days without justice for Ashley, justice for Ashley, justice for Ashley. What do you think, huh? I I, I feel like I need to remind myself. I need to remind the viewers. I need to apply pressure on lawmakers, both Democrat and Republican. You know, too many Republicans are intimidated by the law enforcement community, actually. They support the law enforcement community. I support the law enforcement community. But when they screw up, when a member of the police force, like Lieutenant Michael Byrd, you know there are basically three members in all of Congress who give a damn about this? Three. I brought it up personally to members who I like, who I know, and I'm, I was shocked. They're like, well, you know, she was in an area she shouldn't have been, so... You know, so you shoot her? So you shoot her dead? When's the last time you saw it? No trespassing or else we'll kill you <laughs> under penalty of death. I used to trespass all the time. There was a golf course at the end of my block, and we used to sneak onto the golf course and, you know, pull all kinds of hijinks and whatnot. It really wasn't doing much of anything, but it felt like we were in the you know demilitarized zone because we knew we weren't supposed to be there. 
And then every now and then they come and chase us down. The green truck, they called it. The green truck. Hey, one other thing about this silly interview. That's Lester Holt who was conducting the questions. Listen to how Lester, the NBC, Mr. Fake News himself, listen to this. He finally brings up crime and other issues, uh, well, like once. And this is how he does it. Cut 49. I want to ask you about mass shootings. We've seen far too many, and some of them with people with strong right-wing or extremist philosophies. Right-wing, huh? All those right-wing mass shooters. Well, um, most recent here in New York certainly wasn't right-wing. Isn't that right, Mr. Frank James, cut 50? You useless white whore, dirty white You want to look down at me? You. <laughs> All right, Mr. Uh, James, I'm looking down at you uh, right now. Sorry, but uh, uh, the overwhelming evidence suggests that you shot up a subway car because you don't like white people. All right. But we can't talk about that. All right. In fact, the FBI was shamed out of what are they? They, they actually removed a term black identity extremism. It's a thing. It's real. And they can't talk about it anymore because it's viewed as politically incorrect. Forget about black identity extremism, which is real. You got to focus on all that white supremacy. Now, white supremacy is real, too. And there are about four people in the in the continental United States who believe in that nonsense. And the moment they break the law, and I'm all for keeping tabs on them. But don't go around pretending that this is a white supremacy friendly country. It's not. And Donald Trump is not a white supremacy guy. He's not. Gosh, they love it. They love feeling like they're victims. You know who the worst is? The worst ever, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the worst press secretary in the history of press secretaries. Do me a favor. Have you seen that clip yet where she's uh, circling back? The new circle back is, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. She's terrible at that job. They already had to move in another guy to do the bulk of the work. And she goes around telling everybody, well, Donald Trump hates people like me, gay, black, immigrant women, gay, black, immigrant women. He hates people like me. And then she says, I got this job because I'm a gay, black, immigrant woman. It's wonderful being a gay, black, immigrant woman. Nobody cares about that stuff anymore, hon. Nobody cares. And oh, by the way, (laughs) I found about 50 pictures of Donald Trump with various gay, black, immigrant women. (laughs) Okay, back in the 80s, the 90s. He loves people. It does not matter who you are, what you, you're, who you're going to bed with. It does not matter. All right? It's one of the reasons why we love New York. It's a little bit, you know, just everything's different. Who knows what you're going to get? It's all interesting. We like to judge ideas, content. What do you have to say? Boy, we've taken such major steps backwards. Major steps. Dennis, do you know what I'm talking about? He's in Boundbrook, New Jersey. Hi. Good afternoon, Greg. Greg, I just saw a video, and I thought you might be interested in, in getting it yourself. It shows, this is about 10 years ago, it shows Biden telling an audience that, you know, when we leave Afghanistan, we can't leave the equipment behind because basically they'll use that equipment to kill people. Yes, I've seen this video. I played it on my show, and you notice he gets he, he kneels down, puts his hands on his knees, and he gets right in that woman's face, and he says that? Right? Right? Yeah, that's it. Yep, yeah, man. Yep. I mean, it's from 2008. It's from 2008. He knows exactly what the problem is. If we get out in the wrong way, we leave all those weapons behind, and those weapons will be used to kill good guys. So he knows, and he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And I think one of the reasons, look, the guy is thoroughly corrupt. We know that. Nobody understands, or people forget, or they haven't looked at a map in a long time. 
Afghanistan actually borders China. They share a border. Small border, but they share one. And we got out in a hurry because China wanted us out. And China, I do believe, they totally have the goods. They totally have information on the Bidens that could get them in real trouble. They're already in real trouble. They're basically under the gun all the time. Joe Biden is not smart enough to pull off this uh, total unraveling of the society. He's working for those who are. Who is smart enough, who does have the capability, who's pulling the strings? Uh, George Soros. Barack Obama, Lorraine Powell Jobs. Remember that name, Lorraine Powell Jobs. She is uh, incredibly rich. I think she at one point was married to Steve Jobs. Not 100% sure of that. Uh, But she's a total billionaire, and she's funding all these radical leftist causes that are trying to basically undo everything about America. It's just... It's pretty wild. It's it's wild to see. It's um, I'm, I'm blessed that I can... I'm in a position where I can connect the dots... But anyway, yeah, that was back when Joe was shooting off his mouth. Uh, Boy, did he talk a lot. Anything else going on, Dennis? Oh, yeah, yeah, Greg. I don't know if you're aware of this. It happened a couple of days ago, and it got very little coverage. Are you aware of a corrections officer who shot a 15-year-old dead? The 15-year-old pointed a water gun at him, and he shot him dead and then went to work. And you know why it's got no coverage? The guy is black, the corrections officer. Shot him dead. 15 or 16 years old, I think, up in the Bronx, then went to work. Can you believe that? Well, wait a second. I, I, I would, because he's black. I mean, what, what, I mean, wait a second. Hold on, hold on. Let me just see. What, what do we got here? I, I, I'll look into that. I don't think, uh, no. I, I mean, attention. Was he arrested? What happened? Uh, he was, he was uh, suspended and, uh, uh, you know, put on leave. And it's on the front page of the Daily News on Saturday, July 23rd. Oh, there's your answer. That, Nobody looks that, at the Daily News anymore. But uh, let's see here. A New York Corrections. Uh, 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 yeah, I see what you're talking about. Let me let me look into this. I'll, I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, he's right about this. Uh, corrections officer allegedly shot this kid and then went to work without reporting it. And, uh, yes, it's, well, Black Lives Matter would certainly care if this were a white officer who shot and killed a a black youth. Absolutely. That's when Black Lives Matter care. Black Lives Matter, they only, black lives only matter for BLM when that black life is taken by a white cop. And why do they only care then? Well, because money is to be made there. You can make money. You can accrue, you can get attention. You can gain power. But if uh, a black person shoots a black person, eh, nobody really cares. So you got to wonder, according to Black Lives Matter, do black lives matter? I believe that black lives matter. I believe that, why? I mean, you know, all lives matter, obviously. But unfortunately, for black lives matter, they really don't believe that black lives matter. That's really interesting. By the way, Al Sharpton (laughs) is still on MSNBC. He's still on MSNBC. Hey, we're negotiating. We don't know how to negotiate. Remember, you know, Donald Trump would get these people back. He got hostages back. He got prisoners we wanted from overseas, from North Korea, other places. There are, you know, he, for, he, he can be a big mouth. We know that. We love that. But he knew when to shut up. He knew when to be quiet, especially during these hostage negotiations. And this Brittany Griner thing is pretty much a hostage negotiation. And guess who's really mad right now? The Russians. Because Secretary, who's that wimp? What's his name? Tony, Tony something, Tony Blinken. Uh, He went out and boasted, yeah, we're thinking about turning over this arms dealer that the Russians really want. 
uh, for two guys, including Brittany Griner. Well, the Russians didn't want that publicized. And uh, you may have just screwed it up for Brittany. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of you guys are not sympathetic to her. And she brought drugs into that country and she was kneeling for the national anthem and walking out. Well, I'll say this again. uh, It's her right to do whatever the hell she wants in America. Um, And I... (laughs) Man, are we really going to get that mad at her for bringing drugs uh, overseas? Drugs are everywhere here. That's why... (laughs) businesses are having such a hard time finding workers. Everybody's smoking dope. Everybody, fentanyl, all this stuff is, it's, you can look it up. It's actually mentioned as one of the reasons why the workforce, those who are actually looking for work, the numbers are going down. Um, unemployment is low, but businesses still need workers. It's just crazy. Uh, so people are smoking. We, I want her back. I don't care what she did. And I hope when she gets back here, because I was beating the drum very early on for her, very early on. And I know we have nothing in common politically, ideologically. I don't even like basketball. I certainly don't like women's basketball. I certainly don't like it when a, an entire team walks off the court instead of listening to the national anthem as some sort of uh, bogus solidarity move with black lives. No, that's a... What that is is an attention-seeking power in selfish power enhancement tool. Okay, it's not about black lives. It's not about the black community. All right, if they really were worried, they'd be doing concrete, helpful things, or at least saying helpful things, not just walking out, flipping the bird to the flag. That enhances their personal power. You know who's really good at this stuff? Lester Holt, by the way. I'll get into him later. Um. All right, so we got that. Ooh, so here's Corinne Jean-Pierre, the press secretary. This is somebody put this together. Remember, she's the press secretary to Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden can't speak. He needs a press secretary who can speak. Uh, the first one was got better after that whole circle back debacle. Remember that? I'll circle back. I'll circle back. I'll circle back. Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, gay immigrant woman press secretary, doesn't matter to me, but she can't shut up about it. I think she should think less of that and more about getting material she could share with uh, uh, the press corps, right? Uh, Freedom of the press, First Amendment, all that stuff. Listen to this. Cut 68. I don't have anything. I I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. Just don't have anything. Don't have anything. So I don't have anything. 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 Just don't have anything. I just don't. This goes on a hundred times. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. She doesn't know anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Make it up. That's what the other press secretaries do. All right. I don't have. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. How's that gay immigrant woman stuff helping you now? I'm just saying that I just don't have anything. I just don't have anything. One thing that I can say, I don't have anything. I don't know if I could do that job. I'd have to get something. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Has nothing to do with being a gay immigrant woman, black, or a white, straight, Native American. No, I'm not Native. You know, born here. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Do the job. This is the biggest job of your life. You ought to take advantage of it. I'll be right back. 
just don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have it. I don't. We don't have anything. I. I just don't have anything. We don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. I. I. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. But I don't have anything. I just. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. So look. Again, I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I. I. don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. Don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. We have crime everywhere. Totally out of control city. Uh, but don't worry. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams, who's uh, he made his career. What did he do? Um, shooting his mouth off. Um, getting no nonsense, uh, no show jobs, essentially. You know, speaker of uh, wait, what was he again? Brooklyn Borough President, State Senator, rotten, lazy cop. Uh, that's what he's done. Not a smart guy at all. Uh, do you, you know, have you ever heard a lawmaker do anything like this? You know, they all want more money. We know that, right? But Eric Adams goes to the floor of the State Senate and says this. Good thing that we didn't have cell phones back then. This is 2007. Uh, We had cell phones, but we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have viral videos. Um, I think this would have killed his career. Cut 51. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. We deserve more money. We deserve to be paid for the job we're doing. Senator Adams, I believe you've made your point in the two minutes. How do you vote? I deserves a raise. I deserves a raise. Did he? He just got there like 10 minutes before. He just he just showed up. State senator needs money. Um, what else did he do? What else is he known for? Oh, here's a moment. Um, here's a here, calling white people crackers. I think that's pretty damn defensive, don't you? But here he is. Cut 52. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. I was unbelievable. Well, uh, he's not that unbelievable. Uh, he, he cons a bunch of rich people into thinking that he's a, actually a cop. He becomes a cop uh, just so he could kind of give the police a hard time. Anyway, uh, he's the mayor now. And here he is as mayor. This is our crime fighter, right? And what does he do when he sees a crime? What does he do? He's got you know all this power, right? The mayor of the city of New York. It's a big job. What does he do when he sees a crime? Cut 53. Yes, um, I'm at Broadway in Casciasco, and I have been assault in progress of three males. Yes. He picks up the phone and calls 911. Picks up the phone and call calls 911. You know... I've been around my dad for a long time, okay? Um, and on occasion, I've been with him when something bad happened. He never called the police. He is the police. You know what I mean? Uh, he never <laughs> he's called 911. I know he visit, visited the operations center, but he never called 911. That's what, you know, regular schnooks have to do. You and me, we got to call 911. 
I've called 911. I call it probably three times a year, actually. Um, anyway, he calls 911. Aren't we expecting a little bit more from a mayor? Yeah, we are. Now we have a full-blown crisis. He has absolutely no clue what to do because all he's done all of his life is just say things, just say things. He doesn't know how to run anything. He doesn't understand the law. He doesn't understand. I mean, he's useless. So here's an example of him being useless. Uh, this, this, In his mind, this actually passes for real action, okay? You've seen what's happening. I've seen what's happening. We need immediate action. Here's Eric Adams to the rescue. Excuse me. Cut 27. I had a long conversation with uh, the Speaker of the Assembly, and we uh, agreed to look over some of the data that the New York City Police Department is going to present on how we're having too many repeated offenders on bail eligible, non-bail eligible crime. And uh, it was a great, great conversation, and we're going to continue to be uh, vociferous on this topic because New Yorkers, I believe, deserve better. All right. Now, this is just downright embarrassing, okay? I mean, forget the grammatical errors, the uh, he's unfamiliar with certain words that he probably should have learned as a junior in high school, uh, but the idea that he's going to sit down with Speaker Carl Hasty, okay, a legislator, and they're going to hammer out this problem. They're going to look at the data and see what they can do. You know, laws can always be changed. Laws can always be improved. Laws, you can always have a new law. You can law, right? And you can pressure them. But he has no power, really, to make them do anything. He doesn't. He's not a powerful mayor. What's his constituency? Remember, he became mayor by getting 200,000 people to vote for him on some random day in June of last year. That's it. That's it. And through this ranked choice voting scam, he's the mayor? It's a joke. I mean, who out there is loyal to Eric Adams, you know? What do they owe him? Nothing. Nothing. How does he actually pressure them shooting his mouth off wearing that nice suit it's not cutting it he doesn't know what he's doing and that's why i just might have to take him out run for mayor myself and kick him out of city hall uh i don't see this getting better i don't now this is part of a strategy though he's gonna whine and complain a lot right now there will be some change in albany and then it'll, it'll just be a shift in focus. It'll be a shift in focus, and it'll try to convince people that uh, we're better, that things have improved. Um, but it'll all be smoke and mirrors because he does not know what to do. That's very important, okay? Very important to understand. There's a lot of people out there, oh, he said the right thing. Everybody can see he's all talk, no action. And his talk, quite frankly, is pretty rough. It's pretty pathetic. He really is not now helping himself by talking so much, huh? Um, hey, can I say this about the Live Golf Tournament? I think it's great. I have no allegiance to the PGA. I think Donald Trump, you know, he's a bit of an outsider. And uh, working with Live, who I guess, what, it's a Saudi Arabia-based business? Okay. you got to understand something. I know certain people in the 9-11 community, let's call it the 9-11 community, which is a very big community. We lost nearly 3,000 people on 9-11. So you have every, per, you know, we have countries all over the world. We have uh, all different ethnicities, religions, right? And we have a lot of, a lot of my neighbors, 
a lot of people from Garden City, Long Island, but they're all over the place politically. Now, one group, and we have to respect it, but I think they may be a little bit off base here. Saudi Arabia did not attack us on 9-11. They are our ally, and they were back then. Do you know we invaded Iraq? Uh, uh, Well, no, actually. We, We went into Kuwait in the first Gulf War. We based all of our troops in Saudi Arabia, and they let us. One of the first people that George W. Bush got on the phone after the uh, after 9-11 was uh, the Saudi king, and it wasn't to chew him out. It was to, you know, hey, thank, we need you. We need your support. We need to find these people. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Your Excellency. Yes, yes, yes. Trump visited Saudi Arabia. Bush, Obama, they all do it. It's an ally of ours. Now, yes, 15 of the attackers were from Saudi Arabia. That does not mean that they were Saudi agents or anything like that. It doesn't. Um, You know, Timothy McVeigh, the worst domestic terrorist we've ever seen, the guy who blew up that building in Oklahoma City back in 1995. Well, he's from upstate New York. I mean, we don't take out that. We don't blame New York. We don't blame the governor of New York for this. Um, All right. So some families are speaking out about this tournament. They're upset. Let me hear from... Uh, this is Terry Strada. She is the widow of Tom Strada, who was killed on 9-11. She's speaking out against the Live Golf Tournament being held at Trump's Bedminster Golf Club. Now, listen, I, my, my sense is I'm going to disagree with her, but I disagree with her with respect. So I want to hear what she has to say. Cut 30. I am appalled to be standing here speaking about professional golfers. You have become mouthpieces for the kingdom and perfect examples of how sport washing works. Erase the sins of the guilty nations. All right. Um, Madam, I don't believe that Saudi Arabia, the government, is guilty. Remember, they hated bin Laden. Bin Laden was a bad guy, the worst guy, the the most evil person we can right up there with Hitler. They kicked him out of Saudi Arabia. He left. He went to Sudan in Africa. Then he went to uh, Afghanistan. He had no home in Saudi Arabia. He was chased out, essentially. Bad guy. Horrible guy. This is Matthew Bocci, son of John Bocci, who was killed on 9-11, speaking out against a golf tournament. May I hear from him, please? Cut 31. For us to sit here and accept that numerous well-known golfers can so easily accept blood money from the Saudi royal family is what hurts the most today. Well, they are our ally, and they did not have anything to do with September 11th. The government did not have anything to do. Blaming Saudi Arabia would be like blaming the American government for, you know, it would be blaming like the uh, the security apparatus. And by the way, there probably is some blame there. I mean, there were shortcomings, but we're not canceling America. We're not going to not do business with Do you know what I mean? I, I don't. So I feel for these families. There are a lot of families out there. Some may agree. Some may disagree. 19 hijackers, 15 of them were from Saudi Arabia, uh, but it was not state-sponsored terrorism, okay? That's the important distinction. Uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, Yeah, it's a sad story. It's sad. But I think, uh, where where do you think, Kevin? You're the golfer. What's going on? Yes? I mean... I mean, in terms of, I mean, it's in, it's a good way to kind of bring in some com- competition into the world of golf because the PGA has been the dominant league worldwide. It's been br- really the only league, um, you know, where professionals go to. 
So the Live Golf now brings another. What's wrong with PGA? Why don't people like the PGA? They're they're, they're high on their own supply, right? Correct. Um, well, a lot of it is uh, because of the payment. A lot of the players don't really like the payment that the PGA is dishing out um, after every tournament and for being a member of the league. What? With the what? Um, and for being a member of the, the league and for doing all the tournaments, the PGA doesn't really pay out a lot of money more than the golfers would like. And the Live Golf Series now provides that opportunity to win more money uh, being part of a team rather than just uh, competing uh, for themselves. All right. What's the right answer here, right? So Live is good? Um, I mean, it... It's, it, go, it could go either way. Some people that can take it as a... they got to change your name to LIV. Call it LIV. What does LIV even mean? LIV. What does it mean? It's, um, well, the CEO, Greg Norman, uses LIV to, as a way to kind of say, like, live free, you know, to do what they want. And LIV also means 54, and 54 is the number of uh, shots that it takes to get kind of like a really good score in golf, getting a birdie on every hole in that tournament. Oh, LIV. Okay, LIV. That's 54. Yeah. All right, Greg Norman. All right, look, I like it. If I played golf, I have no beef. David, real quick to you in New Jersey, what do you think of this? Yeah, I, I believe that uh, the PGA canceled on Trump at his Westminster uh, golf course, and I think that's why he went a different direction. Yeah, good for him. Right? Good for him. Good for him. But that's the reason. Well, that's part of the reason. Thank you. I enjoy your show, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, what, like, I mean, we're just real quick. I'm just saying that maybe, okay, that's his motivation, but I'm addressing the other thing about the controversy. Eh, I, quite frankly, haven't heard that much controversy. Is there some, this is this is in the golf world. This is you guys, all right? One other, uh, ooh, Viviana in Brooklyn. Hi. Thanks for taking my call, um, and God bless you. I agree and I agree with what's happening with Mayor Adams, but I had another individual, another elected that I am so furious with. What? Which is uh, Governor, uh, well, I say Governor because only she got in there a- after Cuomo was ousted. Uh, but Hochul, um, Greg, I'm sure that everyone is familiar that Zeldin was attacked this past Thursday, okay? You know why? I don't know if everybody knows why. Well, I know what you're getting at. I, I, you watch my Newsmax show? I, I, I pointed this out. She posted on social media. She right. said everybody should go to a Zeldin event because he's pushing misinformation and a right-wing agenda. So RSVP, she's responsible. I mean, in this January yes. 6th culture, she unleashed yes. her followers Obviously, she was looking for trouble, and if she wasn't, I mean, that's criminally negligent. And that whack exactly. job gets up there and tries to take him out. Lee Zeldin, we need that guy, and I think he could pull this off. Are are we? Are, how many more times can we fail with Democrats? Huh? How many more disasters? Let's. It, it's time for a change, big time. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Anything else going on? Um, well, um, I wanted to push it even further so that we as citizens can call for her resignation. And because I believe it's um, actionable, I don't know the legalities, but she was inciting um, menacing. And well, listen, I don't want to – look, I'm not going to go that far. I think it's – I think sorry, we can – No, 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 because, look, that's what they do. You know, that's what they do, all right? That's kind of what they do. Although, come to think of it, 
You know, you may be onto something. Cause, yeah, 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 yeah. Because Trump never said go to go to Joe Biden's rally and uh, screw it up. He never said that. You know, he never did. He made fun of nobody going to those rallies, but he didn't send his supporters uh, to a Joe Biden rally to say RSVP and tell him what you think. He didn't. You know, you may be onto something, Viviana. Great points. I gotta go. My wife just stepped in. Uh oh. Uh, I think everything's fine. I hope. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Absolutely fascinating. Boy, we are one silly country, aren't we? Uh, That this is actually being treated seriously as a serious issue that you have anchors on morning news, uh, you know, big time mainstream media saying this is a legitimate story that, uh, you know, these kids were somehow... Uh, harmed when Snuffleupagus blew them off at the Sesame Street Fun Park in Philadelphia. You know about this? One of those crazy characters was walking down the street during the crazy character Muppet Parade and uh, I guess did not hug two kids. And the family is now suing for $25 million. Parents filed $25 million racial discrimination lawsuit against Sesame Street theme park claiming four characters, including Rosita, ignored their daughter during the parade because she's black. Uh, I don't, uh, I just, I, I've, I've seen this video. I've watched it 15 times. I've slowed it down. I can tell. I can actually prove that this was not racially motivated. I can prove it. I can absolutely prove it. And I have experience with this crap firsthand, by the way. I once wore a great big uh, big bird suit in Times Square for four hours. I was a costume character, uh, for, for uh, and I walked around with that silly thing on. It's hot. It's messy. Your, your, your field of vision is incredibly restricted. And by the way, <laughs> people, people get crazy with those characters. I was being groped, called names. I'd pose for pictures. They wouldn't pay me the appropriate uh, the, the the fee. It was a mess. Horrible, tough, demanding, grueling work. Why did I do it? By the way, I did it uh, with Rosanna back on the during the good day days, and they were in the news for some reason. The costume characters. Remember when they like Batman got into a fight with Superman, and and then they decided to put them all in a certain area, a zone. Anyway, we went down there to check it out for ourselves. And I have incredible uh, respect for this line of work. It's very hard. So you can't see what's going on, but I slow down the video and I can tell that something else before she gets to these two beautiful girls sets Rosita off. Somebody does something and she raises her finger like, don't do that. Don't do that. Somebody did something to her. To Rosita, we we think it's a her. It could be a boy in there. Who knows? And who knows the race of the character of the of the real person behind the character? Nobody. A Baltimore family is suing Sesame Theme Park for twenty five million dollars after their daughters were allegedly snubbed by the costume characters. Their lawyer claimed the incident is not isolated, and twenty five to thirty other families have come forward with videos of similar incidents over the years. I've looked at those videos too. Um. Totally inconclusive, okay? Uh, Not as ironclad as the Rosita one. He is now calling for the theme park to pay for the girls' mental health expenses and claims as one one is in isolation, in isolation, ever since Rosita. Oh, gosh. 
This is the kind of thing you need a judge. And there, oh, the father, Quentin Burns, shared his outrage Wednesday after his daughter, Kinete, was snubbed during a Sesame Street parade. Now, I will say this. The kids are absolutely adorable. They're not harmed. They're, like, momentarily confused. Momentarily. And you can't tell me that these beautiful girls, I'm sure they were hugged eight seconds later by Cookie Monster or Ernie or Bert or... Grover or Kermit or the Count or Elmo or who the hell else is there? Uh, the rest, Big Bird, um, any of those. Uh, and by the way, they probably shouldn't be hugging kids anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, very strange, the whole damn thing. $25 million. Hey, what am I going to do about money? Am I going to have to work? I mean, I'm okay with money. But I realized today I have two, you know, the things are very nice. Wife, two kids, uh, we have a nice home. And uh, I realize I spend very little time with any of them. And I guess this is uh, this is the lot in life that men have. Women too, but primarily men still. All right? Uh, get home late at night. The kids are asleep. Talk to my wife for about 10 minutes. Eat, go to bed, wake up, see the kids for about 10 minutes. Uh, and that's enough, by the way. <laughs> but, and then it's back to work. Day in and day out. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not complaining, but uh, there's not going to be. A, it just doesn't seem like there's enough time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. So Top Gun, the movie, came out Memorial Day, right? Top Gun Maverick came out Memorial Day. I saw it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I could have picked the movie apart because I'm a pilot and I saw a lot of inaccuracies, but I really went in there kind of wanting to like the movie, and I basically decided I'm going to like this movie, and I did like the movie. Uh, you know, it was important that people got to the movie theater and, uh, you know, COVID's kind of over and, uh, I give Tom Cruise some credit here because for a good chunk of that movie, they used real airplanes as opposed to, you know, models and computer thingamajigs, whatever. So, uh, it was, you know, all a fantasy, but it, it was enjoyable. And I really, gosh, I have not been back to the movies since what movie is out there right now. No one talks about going to the movies anymore. No one goes to the movies anymore. I uh, Am I the only one? I know, I guess, when those action Marvel, uh, the Hulk comes out, or uh, Iceman, or whatever, man. But I don't like those movies. I, I just don't. I, I, um, I'm i not exactly a highbrow guy, but I do like, uh, I like great films. And those movies are junk, comic book nonsense. And I miss going to the movies, watching them with adults. Uh, even before COVID, I would go in there and, you know, it's not, people are just weren't going to the movies. I'd be in there with like six people. It felt weird. Felt almost uncomfortable. Hey, Donald Trump is back and, um, he went to Gotham Hall last night for this live golf tournament. Very interesting. Um, he looked in one of the pictures, he's smiling. He just seems so genuinely happy and Melania is with him and she seems really genuinely happy. It's a great time in his life. He's got so much to be proud of um, and so much to look forward to. Carrie Lake is running for governor of Arizona. She said something 
She's been endorsed by him. She's the former anchor for the Fox affiliate in Phoenix. Have you seen her? She's absolutely amazing. Hey, by the way, folks, if you're frustrated with uh, the way things are going, um, (laughs) you know, some of these elections, you may not be able to vote for the governor of uh, Arizona or Michigan or whatever, but you can make campaign contributions. I'm not saying to make campaign contributions to any particular candidate, but it's a way to stay involved. And you don't have to be one of those $50,000 persons or whatever. You can just 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, or get some friends. You could bundle. We all came up with 20 bucks. Here's 500 bucks. Who knows? Uh, now, I'm not one to talk. I gave money to a campaign. When did I get it? was like in the 90s. I gave one in my entire life. I gave one contribution, one, just one for 25 bucks. It was a million years ago. And that's it. I don't have much experience. And I know they keep sending you the emails and they hassle you. But uh, money is what makes things work. Unfortunately, I thought I wish it were more pure. I wish it was not that way. But it is that way. A woman called the other day wanting to volunteer for Lee Zeldin, and I said, and she was, wasn't getting through to the switchboard. And really, if you want to help Lee Zeldin, uh, you write him a check, okay? Whether it's uh, $2,500 or $25 or $5, just uh, that's a way. This is what these guys have to do. They spend so much time fundraising, and you'd really be making a difference. Um, believe me. All right. Um, what else do we want to say about that? And if you have any thoughts on, gosh, what is it like? What do you, you know? It's amazing. I look at everybody. Everybody was a baby. Everybody was a baby. You ever come home and look at your babies when they're sleeping? It's like a little miracle. They're just so gentle and they're on their side. And it's just, it's it's kind of amazing that they're, that they're alive. It's just a wild thing to watch. And it's even crazier to think that everybody from the security guard to the president of the United States started as a little baby with uh, parents who loved them and cared for them. And it's just, uh, it's very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Uh, Peter is in New Jersey. Yeah, hi, Peter. Hello, Greg. How are you? Fine, fine. These are the best years of your life with your young children. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. So uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, insists on going off to Taiwan and uh, the Chinese are pushing back. Is she going to uh, involve the emergency broadcasting system? that we heard not too long ago and what to do. Now, both of us are in the military, and we know exactly what to do. We grab our ankles and kiss it goodbye. So what are your thoughts? Well, I, uh, Pelosi is making a huge, uh, huge mistake. Every now and then, you got to remind yourselves, I'm reminded, boy, oh, boy, she actually is a very powerful woman. I mean, it's very easy to write her off as a joke you know, she can't speak. She's always fallen down weird, uh, being caught at that hair salon, just doing stupid things. But they're all, you know, faintly, vaguely amusing. Now she is stirring up trouble internationally, globally. Now, again, I, I, I'm not into uh, all the protocol and all that stuff. But, but, but we know China has re- this really gets them mad. They want Taiwan back. Taiwan, they think, is their country. Now, we love Taiwan. Taiwan, the government, the people, everything they do, their system, it's democratic. It's legit democratic. Uh, China is not. But China is a hell of a lot bigger and a hell of a lot richer and a hell of a lot more powerful. 
And we don't want to make them mad at us unnecessarily. And Nancy Pelosi going over there is going to screw things up. Uh, I think she's actually fishing for some business. I think this is more about her and Paul Pelosi, who, by the way, how did that work out with the drunk driving thing? Um, It's very, very reckless. Gosh, aren't these people rich enough? What do they need the money for? She's 80-something years old. Enough already, okay? They're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Very foolish. Do you remember when Donald Trump took a phone call from the leader of Taiwan after he won the election? He's president-elect. He just answered the phone. Hello? Is this Taiwan? Hey, yeah, I won. Can you believe that? So what? Everybody went nuts. Everybody went crazy. How dare he do this? This is disrupting 50 years of precedent. No, it's not supposed to happen this way. Anyway, Peter, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. And I think the visit might be called off. We'll see. Uh, Jeff, you're in Forest Hills. Yes. Hey, Tony. Uh, Greg, yeah, the 54, that gentleman was incorrect. He, he can't make a birdie on every hole. I mean, you might. You could. All right, I don't even know what a birdie is. I understand. I mean, all right, what else? Par four, so you, it takes four shots, right, to get it in the hole. Yeah. From the tee box, hit a hole. If you make a birdie, that's you get it in three. If you make an eagle. I don't, I don't, I don't, four. I don't. All right, talk about something I can understand. I don't care. Because you know what, you're from Garden City. It's some great. I don't. No, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to golf. I, I just, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I hope this golf tournament is successful. Anyway, you're saying LIV is not 54 and has nothing to do with a good score in golf. No, it's got to do with three, three rounds. I believe three times 18 is 54. All right. I don't know. I don't know. What's it like in Forest Hills? You see that man swing? You've commented on that before. No. He's got a nice little knockdown swing. Who? He's very full. He's good. Who? I like the way he rips it. All right. Yeah, me too. All right. Henry is in Manhattan. Hi, Henry. What's going on, pal? Hey, Greg. Uh, What's going on is I'd like to see some outrage about people in China. Uh, How come with the NBA, no one's boycotting NBA games? Or how about all the people that are creating all these products cheaply, uh, like Nike, and no one's uh, outrageous, uh, outraged about that, but yet because they want to make it political and be it was very successful in leading this country to, pros- to prosper and to give us back some of the freedoms that we had. Uh, where, where's all the outrage? I want to, I want to see where these phonies are. Why yeah, are I mean, out? I know, I know, I, I know what you're getting at. I, I, I don't disagree, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, where's the outrage? I mean, I, the NBA. Look, everything I'm wearing is from China. Half the stuff in my car is from China. You know, everything I'm looking at. Let me see. This they've got a landline phone here. Let me see where the hell it's made. Hold on a second. It's where's it? It's made. Oh gosh, hold on. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, there it is. Made. It says China. It doesn't say made in China, but it says China on it. I mean, everything comes from China. We shouldn't be that stuck up about it anymore. I know they're doing bad things about human rights, but I can't live without this stuff. Can you? I wish we had our own manufacturing base. I really do. We don't. It was screwed up. Trump talked about getting it back. I know you're saying you're not pointing this out. You're pointing out the hypocrisy in others. But, I mean, am I a little bit hypocritical? Or even you? I mean, when the hell is the last time we gave money to the Uyghurs? I don't know what to do. I just, I I like wearing clothes that aren't in crazy expensive 
Am I supposed to turn my? I, I, how do you do that? How do you work like that? I don't know. I I don't I don't understand. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I do think some of this stuff is contrived. Obviously, it's um, it's unfair. But what's the what's the alternative, huh? I don't know. I'm feeling very. I feel like I've got to make a couple of changes. Number one, I have to become more organized. Every day, you know, I'm becoming a bit of a procrastinator. Everything is going to, you know, I'm going to get to it on the weekend. And then when the weekend rolls around, I am totally exhausted. How do you get out of that loop? How do you? And I've paired just about everything I can pair. All the unnecessary things are gone. Uh, I don't watch TV. I don't uh, screw around as much on the computer. I don't drink. Um, what, el- what else can I not do to give myself more time? Uh, am I, is Steve, you have something to say. Steve's in Staten Island. Yes, Steve. Hi. Hey, Greg. Greg, you touched on something that hit a nerve when you talked about your senior little kids in their cribs and you don't spend time with them. And let's face it, every working man and woman uh, does that. I happen to get lucky at this point in my life. I retired, and I was blessed with a magnificently beautiful grandson who's now two years old. And I'm spending trying to atone for the, my ignorance of not raising my kids more closely by spending as much time as I can with my grandson. So my advice to you is don't fight it. You've got salaries to make, and you've got life to conquer. Your time will come when you retire with your other set of grandchildren and and as your kids get older. That's all. No, I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I wasn't complaining. I was just pointing it out. And, um, yeah, it is what it is, you know, and um, it is what it is. And I guess that's why they say grandchildren, you know, that's another gift. Maybe someday we'll see. Thank you, Steve, very, very much. Um, What else? Oh, tonight, remember, the Newsmax show. At 10 o'clock, I'm going to tackle this Central Park 5 thing. And you'll learn more about that case in three minutes than you will in watching 30 hours of uh, mainstream media documentaries and fake news reporting about the Central Park 5. Those guys are guilty. All right? They are absolutely guilty. All you got to do is look up the Armstrong report that was actually written in the aftermath of the so-called new evidence, which really wasn't new evidence. The only thing was new was the testimony of a guy named Mateus Reyes, who was a serial rapist, and his DNA was present at the scene. Now, they always knew that there was DNA associated with some person they did not know. They did not have his name. They just had the DNA, DNA John Doe. They knew that. They knew that for the trial. Now, this guy steps forward and says, it's me, and I did it alone. That was actually the new evidence, not the DNA, his testimony that he did it by himself. There's no way this woman sustained that much injury, uh, damage, um, the blood. You can talk to the doctors. You can talk to the law enforcement officials who were there. There's no way one person could have done that. None. You can talk to the woman herself. She is convinced that she was gang raped. This wasn't one person. And they would say things like, well, Mateus Reyes as a serial rapist, he only raped people when he was by himself. He only worked alone. He never worked with others. Oh, yeah? How much do you know about that guy? You know, he didn't work alone. Forgive me, but this is true. 
He wasn't working alone when he raped his mother because his friend helped him. That's what Mateus Reyes did with the friend. And we're going to believe everything this guy says, huh? That makes no sense whatsoever. The city was ready to fight this case. Morgenthau was getting pretty long in the tooth when he just gave up. May he rest in peace. But he threw a lot of good people under the bus. Elizabeth Letterer, the district attorney. Uh, Let's see. Also, uh, Linda Fairstein, the legendary founder, essentially, of the sex crimes unit. You know, she's suing Netflix because they did such a horrible, nasty, unfair hatchet job on her. Everything they said was a lie. They made up stuff. She's suing Netflix, and I really, really hope she's successful. Because after that movie came out, they literally canceled her. You know, you hear about canceling. Somebody criticizes you online. Oh, I've been canceled. No, you haven't. When you lose your book contract, that's a big hint that you've been canceled. When they take your book out of the libraries, you've been canceled. When you get kicked out of every club, when your friends and even family will not return your phone calls, that's getting kicked. That's getting canceled. Although I don't know, I don't think her, I don't think her family abandoned her, but a hell of a lot of friends who didn't know any better. All right, I'm pulling for you, uh, Linda Fairstein and Elizabeth Letterer, wherever you are. More to say on that tonight at ten. I'll be right back. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's me, at Greg Kelly USA, at Greg Kelly USA. Yes, I have taken a bit of a step back from Twitter. I am feeling a lot better. Uh, First, it was, uh, I felt great. Then I felt lousy. Then I felt uh, a little bit, I don't know how I felt. Now I feel pretty good. Tweet a couple of times a week. I usually have my wife do it for me. Uh, put out a, oh, this did very well. This crazy video of, of Joe Biden with his eyes wide open, not blinking for like 35 seconds. It's so weird. The normal person blinks something like 15 to 20 times per minute. He doesn't blink once in this 35-second clip. Yet, and his eyes are wide open, big, black, weird, now, that very morning, he delivered uh, some remarks on the economy, and his eyes are little slits. He can barely keep them open. So, and his tone and his manner and everything is different. So he's obviously on something. This obviously can't go on for much longer. And obviously, I'd like to say it can't be Kamala or can it? Can this woman be president? Cut 39. Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to re-engineer how people interact. You know, after 10,000, how, how long have human beings been around? 10,000 years? 50,000 years? 
And then in the last uh, five months, these he, him, they, thou pronouns, uh, gender fixation, gender fluidity, non-binary, this is not who we are, this is not how we were designed, literally, this is not how we were designed, and it's taking up way too much time. We are now consumed with the trivial. Businesses are, corporations, the military, everybody is taking their eye off the ball, and they are leading the way. We need something much, much better. We need it back. We need him back. And when it comes to politically correct he said it right out of the gate back in 2015. Do you remember this? Cut 41. I think the big problem this country has is being politically correct. I've been, ch- I've been challenged by so many people, and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. And to be honest with you, this country doesn't have time either. He's awesome. Just awesome. And delivered so perfectly. All right. One, two, three. Got a bunch of calls here. I only got two minutes left, but I do want to hear from you. I'm going to do this really quick. All right. Say something, and then I got to say goodbye and go to the Barbara in Huntington. Hi. Yes. Hi. I just wanted to thank you for thinking about talking about Ashley Babbitt every night because I don't think you can go wrong with that. You got it. need to hear it. I'll do it. And then I wanted to tell you when you're talking about money and family, remember the old saying, enough is a feast and set your priorities accordingly. Oh, I like that a lot. And I never heard that before. I never have actually. Thank you, Barbara, very much. Leo in Westchester. Greg, do you remember, I don't remember exactly uh, the time, but after the first few weeks or months, couple months in uh, Afghanistan, there was a big wave of criticism in the United States of Biden. And at the very same time came up on the air the second laptop, almost like a blackmail, like like a blackmail telling him, you keep going the way you're supposed to, to screw up the whole Afghanistan because we have mortars on you. Uh, Greg, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, a few weeks ago, you were saying you're going to change your name a little bit on some uh, fancier-sounding... Uh... Yeah, G. Raymond Kelly. G. Raymond Kelly. I'm still thinking about it. If I get into politics, I might go with G. Raymond Kelly. It's my same name. It's just, you know, I'm Gregory Raymond Kelly right now, but I just might call myself G. Raymond Kelly. I don't know. Maybe. But, Leo, thank you. Uh, yeah, the second laptop. I didn't know about that. Paul in Dutchess County. Paul, Hi. Hey, G. Raymond, uh, two quick points for you. One, if you take a look at that uh, water gun that that kid had in the Bronx, Orbeez water gun, if you had one of these things pointed at you, you might have to a little quick to uh, defend yourself, too. Yeah, but you Second know what, point. dude? If I, if, I, yeah. you know, I, if I shot the kid, I'd have to tell the police. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't I just right get in the car that. and go to work, and apparently that's what this guy did, and that's, that's awfully weird. I know what you mean about this water gun, though. It looks a little bit too heavy-duty for a toy. What else? Uh, you know, I take the kids to Sesame Place. Have a little time. Take they, the kids, take they, the wife. Maybe <laughs> get yourself a twenty-five million dollar lawsuit, and you can see them all you want. You know, they've already been actually. They've been a couple of times. Uh, they've been twice. So uh, that's good advice, by the way. They, they're mesmerized by it. They love that place. Thanks, Paul. Uh, one more, Norman in Brooklyn. Yes, Norman. Hi, Greg. Did you just admit that the most you've ever given a political charity is 25 bucks? Well, number one, it's not a charity. It was a campaign. All right. That's different. And yes, that's what I uh, admitted. I was 29 years old, 28 years old. And I think I gave it to Orrin Hatch. You got a problem with that? 
Yeah, uh, I made I make about thirty five. Oh, I did about thirty five, forty thousand dollars in the maximum uh, in my year. That's terrific, and Norman. I, uh, I most people are not I, inclined. Norman, excuse me. Nor- well, good for you. That's number one. If I give now, everybody will lose their minds. I'm really not supposed to give to campaigns. All right, you can look it up. Every time somebody in the media gives to a campaign. They usually get caught and somebody loses their mind. It's not a big deal. Sean Hannity, I think, has done it. A couple of other people have done it. I don't need the hassle. Uh, I also, so, you know, I, uh, what, what can I tell you, Norman? I mean, uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's how I've rolled. And I encourage others, though, uh, to, uh, to give small donations. I might give under, I think I have an LLC. Maybe I can give under that. Uh, uh, thanks, Norman. Bye. Uh, and anyway, I got to say goodbye to everybody because I got to get across the street, get ready for the ten o'clock show, Newsmax tonight. And yeah, I gave to Orrin Hatch. I saw him in a debate once. I liked him, and he specifically asked for money, so I did it, and I haven't done it since. Uh, see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.